Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are proudly sponsored by G.D. Herring, Classic Car Insurers, providing a range of insurance solutions for your business, your life, and your home. Contact them at gdherring.com for a customized quote. In addition to insurance, G.D. Herring provides classic car appraisal and pre-purchase inspection services. If you are interested in collecting and investing in classic cars, check out my new book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, now available at Amazon in paperback. The book talks about the fun of classic car ownership and ways to protect your classic car investment. An honest review of the book is always greatly appreciated. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, along with our special guest today, Andrew Pryor. Andrew is owner of Elements Massage here in Louisville and commutes to work in a 3 Series BMW. So, Andrew, we have a few questions for you. All right. So, Andrew, what was it about the 3 Series BMW that drew your eye? it i've always liked the bmw brand um i'm also uh, a big fan of audi and um at the time uh, i got to a place i had a lexus is 250 mm-hmm. and i for me i felt like all-wheel drive was important um but i wanted when uh, i was looking to replace it bmw had just come out with an all-wheel drive version of the 335 and that's when I was like, okay, that's the car I want to get. And this is back in late 08, I think. And then um, I cross-shopped that with an Audi A4. The S4 wasn't out yet. And so that really was the, the clincher for me between the two. Mm-hmm. Because I liked aspects of both. I liked the exterior look of the BMW better. I love the interior of Audis better. Still do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of set the bar in that area. They're both sort of on par power-wise. And um, so I went with the BMW, and that was in 2009. And then there was a short period there where um, we thought we were going to need a larger car. We thought our family might be growing by some adoption stuff. So got rid of my BMW after like two years, bought a Land Rover LR4. That was a complete disaster of a car. (laughs) Had to file a lemon lawsuit, got my money back. And then the adoption stuff also didn't happen. So when I got my money back, I went straight back to BMW and bought the exact same car I had before, but that was two years newer. Um, But I love the power. I I always kind of thought in high school, if we go way back, I always thought the ideal car would be, like for me, you know, Mm -hmm. practically speaking, because I, you know, don't have the luxury of a third car, yet um, a four-door sedan for my kiddos, something my wife could drive to, because that happens, Um, a twin-turbo V6, all-wheel drive, and preferably, preferably with all-wheel steering. Right. But they've not done that yet, and that's a whole different discussion. But I'm a huge <laughs> proponent of four-wheel steering. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, I have not uh, heard of the four-wheel steering option in the BMW as of, it, as of late. They're so. starting to build. I think they're starting to put that in the higher-end models. Um, but it's it's more becoming a higher-end luxury car. I mean, item for um, BMW. I think Mercedes does some of that. I'm not 100%. I know Porsche does some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I had a Honda Prelude. In college, that had four-wheel steering. It was brand new, and it was the best thing on the planet. And yeah. I thought, why is this not in every single car all the time? Then they phased it out for whatever right. reason. Yep. Then trucks started implementing it about 15 years ago, like heavy-duty trucks, because that makes sense. And I thought, well, maybe they're going to bring this back. And now they're starting to introduce it in, in cars again, and they're acting like it's the greatest technology ever. But it's been around for a really long time. So I'm kind of still like... And what? Toyota did a pretty good job of promoting that four wheel drive, four wheel steering rack. Honda, Honda, that's Honda. right, because Honda's a Prelude. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. 
That's right. Well, it's like the battery-powered cars. That's not new technology. Battery-powered cars have been out for decades. Yeah. No, no, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, the the 3 Series, now yours is an all-wheel drive, though, right? Yes. Correct? So Mm -hmm. the the 3 Series BMW was actually the first to become equipped with all-wheel drives. Yours is an XI, which which means X, just for the people who don't understand when they are are at the back of a BMW looking at the... Uh, you have to stop light trying to figure out what all the letters right. mean. Yeah, so so uh, typically the number on the car means the series, which is if you're looking at a 335XI, it's a 3 series, 3.5 liter, 6 cylinder, X meaning all wheel drive, and I means it's fuel injected. Well, that's what it used to mean. Okay. The nomenclature's changed, and there's a lot of BMW people that aren't happy about that. It used to be exactly that. The numbers okay. indicated model, powertrain, and then trim level or like optional stuff. Okay. And that changed maybe with maybe with the E9. It may have changed even before that. And that's really frustrating. So mine's a 335, mm-hmm. um, which is the outside of an you know a special edition version like the IS or like the M3. Once you go up to M3, that's the fastest of the three series models. So it's it's a three liter twin turbo. Twin turbo. Okay. Um, yeah. Actually, mine's my first one was a twin turbo. Now it's a single, it's a single turbo, double scroll, turbo, whatever double scroll means. I don't know what okay. that means, but right. basically, it's got, it's a three hundred horsepower, three hundred pound feet of torque. Gotcha. Which okay. is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's fantastically quick, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a sleeper car because it doesn't look like it's as fast as it is. Right. Um, but yeah, the whole nomenclature's changed, which is pretty frustrating because you can't look at a car anymore in the back and go, oh, it's that's got the you know, like you look at a three eighteen or like a three. 20 i have to look it up mm-hmm. you know and yeah. you, you got wikipedia but yeah normally that would be three series two point liter two point yeah oh liter and now. i believe on that model it is but i don't know for sure yeah interesting very good yeah so uh, they, oh, go ahead sorry i wanted to uh pick your brain there so being that you like the bmws uh and then you were going to the family car and then you chose to do the land rover uh L4, lr4 lr4 mm-hmm. uh that debacle um, did you think about or consider uh, looking into the BMW, the X3, or the larger one, X5s? I did look at them. Um, I didn't like, at the time, I didn't like the interior. And, and I guess for the money, I just didn't like it as much as I liked the Land Rover. I had some friends that have had multiple Land Rovers and Range Rovers. And there's a level... Um, at least for this one, the luxury, I, you know, inside it was the cabin. It was just fantastic. The air suspension's really cool. Um, the sound system was amazing. And when I test drove an X5, I don't know if the X3s, I guess they were around then, but it's too small. Mm-hmm. I needed something that could yeah, seat six. Mm-hmm. And so the X5 was like the next candidate. The, the LR4 could easily do that with the back back seats. Um, so there's just a lot to like about it. The problem with the LR4, it's, it's a Land Rover. It's the same thing with Jaguar. I mean, they're they're fantastic cars to drive when they work, but yet they're fussy. And so in my car, the center stack stuff would just not work. I'd get my car, turn it on, and none of it would work. And they, they couldn't duplicate it at the, at the dealership. So I'd have to drive it to the dealership every time that happened. Ah. And they never did anything to fix it. So eventually I um, had to get an attorney, and then they were like, oh, we'll be happy to give you another one just like it that's brand new or your money back. And I was like, I'll take my money back. and. But that was the right thing to do. They did. Right. They did the right thing at well, the that's end. Well, that's good. Well, at least yeah. they traded you right. Absolutely. At the end, they did. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have to get an attorney involved. 
when you love cars, it's frustrating that something you really love is spoiled. Uh, you know, it's soiled by some nonsense like that. Yep. No, absolutely. So, how's the maintenance been as a BMW owner? A lot of consumers worry about German cars having uh, higher repair costs. How have you found this to be the case? Oh, uh, it's a hundred percent probably true. <laughs> uh, my my wife's car and our other family car has always been Japanese, and it's not the same. Although in her pilot, the engine did start to die. You know, at a hundred and 70,000 miles, you know, of course, 20 years ago, people would be like, that's a lot of mileage, but right. nowadays it's not. And so right. that was frustrating to have to replace a car or an engine, and it just wasn't cost-effective to get a new engine. Gotcha. But, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, I do think it's it just it's just more expensive. But you know that going in. I yeah. mean, you have to know going in, you're paying for a car that's going to perform um, a lot uh, – it's going to be a lot more fun to drive mm-hmm. if that's your thing. If it's yeah. more than an appliance – you're paying for a car that's going to give you that, I think, um, and so you're going to have to expect the repair bills to be kind of commensurate with that kind of thing. Gotcha. It's a typical German car. The great thing about German engineering is how articulate and how fine-tuned it is. Yep, that's right. Look, they say if you look at the, your BMW and look at the <clears throat> struts for the hood, the struts for the trunk lid, there's a lot of parts in there which could just be a two hinges, but there's multiple articulating things that have it just sweep up mm-hmm. just the right way. The bad part about German engineering are the repair costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Or they'll use like a plastic clip instead of a metal clip somewhere, and it's like, oh, that's the thing that breaks mm-hmm. that requires – this is what I just went through. My brake sensor indicator on my brakes that we replaced back in April, somehow the, the plastic clip that attached to the brake pads – broke and it was giving me a false signal mm-hmm. so you know 80 bucks later i have a new brake sensor which gotcha. is yep. one of those things that are completely unappreciable it's right. not like you upgraded something you're like man i'm glad yeah. i spent the money for this it's like oh it's like replacing a water pump it's like that's no fun yeah, yeah. have you run into anything like that plastic clip uh, in addition to that plastic clip that you think well now why did they engineer it like that yeah i think that uh this is something i learned the car club guys for bmw are fantastic and there's some guys in that group that know everything about them, and they are happy to help share the information and work on the car. So um, on two different occasions, guys came over to the house to help me um, put – I put a JB4 system on it, which basically boosted the power, I don't know, 70 horsepower, something ridiculous. I mean, it took it from wow. 0 to 60 under 5 to, like, mid – four. I mean, it was really fast. And if, I did the same thing another car club guy did and put on the dyno. He had the same car I had. And um, – I knew it was legit because I was on the road at a light with the guy in my neighborhood that's got a, lo- uh, a Lotus Elise or something like that. I forget what it was. So he floors it. I floor it. And, you know, I'm neck and neck all the way and end up passing him up. And I was like, my car's way heavier than that car. But it's such a joy to be able to be like, <laughs> I just took that guy. I thought he was going to school me and he didn't school me. Now, <laughs> if I didn't have the J before on it at the time... Um, he would have still he would have come out ahead. But I say that because we put the JB4 on it, and we took it on the road, and the downpipe that's made out of plastic blew, cracked. Oh, wow. And so I bought a replacement one that was aluminum. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why did BMW cut corners on a, on a piece that's very significant to a turbocharged car and put a plastic one in there when they could have spent – I would have happily, when I bought the car, if they said, do you want the upgraded downpipe for an extra $40 or whatever it would have cost me? Of course. Right. Yep. Of course, but that's the kind of stuff that you go, mm-hmm. didn't need to cut, maybe most people, but this is the 335 model. Right. On the other turbocharged lesser models, maybe plastic is suitable. It's heavy-duty plastic, mm-hmm. but when you're already getting a car that, I know a lot of people like to tune them, 
because they're less expensive than M3, but you can get that kind of performance out of them. Mm-hmm. That's it, that's kind of silly. Now, you mentioned a club. Are you in, involved in a club? I am a member of a club. Okay. Yep. Involved is, is relative. <laughs> I used to go all the time. Okay. And then uh, several years ago, they changed the night of the club meet, which I'm already in a different kind of group on the night they changed it to, which my wife comes to. She doesn't come to the car club stuff. So I rarely go now, but I gotcha. still stay in touch with the guys on That's Facebook. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Excellent. So um, wh- anything you wish you would uh, like to have known before purchasing this car as far as, I mean, it, what, what has surprised you? And it doesn't necessarily have to be on a mechanical level. It can be like, wow, this thing, you know, actually has a lot more either torque features, anything. I know, I know that, um, you know, they, as we mentioned, the, the uh, engineering behind these cars are very uh, well put together, very sophisticated, but is there anything that uh, has surprised you? Uh, well, given that I, this is the second of the exact same car I've had, I, I think really um, I'm surprised that it, you know I have 142,000 miles on my car right now, and I'm I'm really surprised that even though I've kept up with maintenance and I had to pay what I had to pay, it runs just as strong as it ever has, and I yeah. still have all the confidence in it, and I still I'm surprised I still love driving it 10 years right. later. And to your point that you said before you start rolling tape. I didn't um I the one area that's frustrating I think for probably anybody is that when a tire goes you have to replace two or four of them right or whatever the system is I just match. Yep. that so. part you know it's an expensive thing when it, you hit it you know you actually tear a tire on a right. you, know, you can't plug it because you ran over some stupid nail on a construction yep. site and it's not pluggable and that's and had it not been all wheel drive you wouldn't have to really worry about is that, that how that works I believe yeah. so cuz the symmetry of the all wheel drive yeah. is in fact based on the tread depth of your tires yeah. So if you do have a 50% life left and one of them blows, then, yeah, yeah. you're supposed to replace all four Yeah, of them. you're out $1,200 yeah. $1, or 1400 they've made cars that would even recognize that, oh, hey, I've got one tire that's at 50% tread life, and all, all the other ones are at, you know, 100% because you just got new ones. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it'll throw a light. Absolutely. Yeah, sure enough. Yeah. Well, the technology just come uh, such a long way. Oh, it's crazy. Like it's crazy. Uh, just to recognize that fact there. Is there any particular features in your BMW that you really enjoy? That it's just one of these really cool features that that most people that that don't own a BMW uh, that it's just a real cool feature that you enjoy when you get in your car. It's like it's just cool. Yeah. Um, I think the power is big, mm-hmm. and um, I know your your car we talked about earlier is pretty fast. The instant power, the torque. I mean, when you really or on the road and you want to pass somebody and you floor it, it it'll put you back in your seat a little bit i love the responsiveness of it it, it does handle i mean they are great handling cars uh, thankfully it still has hydraulic steering that's a big deal it doesn't have electric steering like my wife's car does which is you know real wobbly and it's easy i get why people like it but um something i love about it and i know it gets a bad rap but i love the paddles I love the paddle okay. shifting of it. Oh, that's fun. I would love to have a five-speed, but my wife can't drive one. So, again, it goes back <laughs> to having to have a car she can drive because every now and then we're in that situation. Mm-hmm. I think the paddle shifting or using the gear lever to change the, the gears is just a, it's a really good time. It's fun to drive. I use the, the sport shift in my car yeah. uh, every now and again when, I just, when I'm kind of bored mm-hmm. and I just want to do something fun. And I'll uh, I'll go through the gears a few times and, yep. uh, you know, push my car up there. And oh, that's fun. It, it, yeah. It's, you know, my car's not, like, super fast but it, it's nice and quick and it'll get it it'll get you where you need to go in a hurry mm-hmm. but it, it's fun to drive it'll it, 
it lets you know it has a little power. Yeah, and uh, they're and they're putting that in. I've seen that feature in like really crappy rentals, like low low trim level rental cars I've been in still have like a sport mode where you can shift the gears. Mm-hmm. That's one of the disappointments in my Lexus was it had that, and I thought that was going to be awesome, but that for surprisingly, it's Lexus. Surprisingly, the response time you could wasn't good. So you go to you go to flick at the gear, and you you'd, you'd wait a couple. I don't know how it felt like a second, but it was probably some milliseconds. But it wasn't instant, mm-hmm. and that kind of was like this yeah. is lame. Yeah, it doesn't really right right away. Yeah, and it's yeah. only gotten faster. And I know that you know when I read articles about like higher end sports cars, they talk about how you know these supercars or even you know whatever your your base grade Porsche, which are, is an amazing car. You know they can it switches gears in like nanoseconds almost. And yeah. It's like oh my gosh, yeah. that's just amazing. Yeah. That's neat stuff. So you mentioned you have 137,000 miles. 142. 142. So that leads me to who services your BMW? Do you take it to the dealer? Do you take it to a mechanic, uh, like a um, independent? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, my car, I've got a German car, and it, it requires mobile one synthetic. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that your car probably would have the same type of. Um, yeah, it has. It requires synthetic oil. Yeah. I um, Does this air locally? Do yes. we know? Well, I'm a big fan of Harrods Creek Automotive. Okay. I think they treat their people really well. I've mm-hmm. taken my car to BMW for a lot of stuff, and I'll take it to Harrods Creek for for um, second opinions, or I'll just have them do the work. Gotcha. Like they yeah. just did the brake sensor and the oil change. Mm-hmm. I like to support the little guy as much as possible. Yep. Um, there are some really good people at the dealership service department, but the pricing is just crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, you you and I have a friend. He's the one that helped me put my brakes on back in April. Mm-hmm. Saved me about four hundred dollars doing it myself. Yep. Gotcha. Or letting him do it, and yep. I watch, and I yep. buy him beer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it was. I bought the rotors, and I bought the pads on FCP Euro, mm-hmm. and it, I think it saved me about 400 bucks all said and done. Yeah, and then, but Harrods Creek's fantastic. They've yeah. they've talked me out of spending money mm-hmm. on something, and nobody will do that. Yeah. So they're like, you know, just don't spend the money. Just keep putting oil in your car. I got this, I got this oil pan gasket thing that comes and goes, and uh, they're like, just put oil in your car. It's going to cost you whatever to replace that, so. Oh, that's cool. And that's the key to having a, a performance car is not just relying on the dealer. Is to find an actual mechanic who has more than five years. You can be an ASE certified. You can be uh, certified by the manufacturer. But having <clears throat> excuse me, t- 10, 20 years experience on it, so you know these models, you know the variations, you know the histrionics on these engines, you know how they wear. And they can say, you know, I've, I've got the BMW code. I can get the parts from mm-hmm. BMW. I'll get them at resale. I'll show you how to do it if you want to do it. But they also know, here's what you can fix. This isn't going to be a problem, like you were saying. Yep. They'll say, well, you don't need to worry about that right now. Or they'll say, here's an aftermarket brand that will do the job and won't cost you $200, $300 more. Exactly. And I appreciate that. So, yeah, Harrods Creek on uh, River Road is where I go. Um, but, yeah, an independent shop, like you're saying. And they service everything. I mean, they service American cars, too. I've seen... High-end sports cars there, too. Yeah, but they've yeah. been in business a long time. So. Yeah, that shop's been there a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, since I was a little kid. I was like, Where, you know. But. Absolutely. It's uh, it, it's good to find somebody who you can obviously trust and mm-hmm. the, the car's going to be taken care of for sure. Yeah, so. that's huge. Absolutely. Well, Andrew and I actually uh, had an opportunity uh, a couple of years ago. We went down to the Amelia Island Concourse uh, to Elegance, and uh, we saw some Pretty nice cars there. What what stands yeah. out to you mostly? Pretty um, nice. Yeah, yeah, pretty the nice. best of the best, the best in, of the in the best world there. was there. It's true. 
is true. Everything What's, was there. What stands out to you? Did, well, I'm a Porsche. I'm a super fan for Porsches. Um, every Porsche was there. Audi and BMW didn't represent at all there, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. But they were not there. I think Mercedes had their maybe their was it the one project car or something. Like they had some really cool. Uh, car they were demoing. Um, seeing all the classic Ferraris. I'm a Ferrari guy through yeah. and since I was a little kid. Yeah. Yep. Love those. Seeing all of them. I mean, they have everything. They have duplicates. Yeah. Super cool. I think I'm a, but I like modern car. I know this is a classic car. No, you no, know, no. no any car but I really am more of a fan of modern cars. Um, I like some classic cars going way back, but, um, but seeing the new McLarens at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those things were just righteous. Oh, they, were. they absolutely were. And then yeah. we got to do the drives. Mm-hmm. So driving the Alfa Romeos, which I'm not a big Alfa fan because of their reliability issues, but, I mean, they make some really cool cars. Yeah, they do. That was cool. The Porsche drive was super fun. Did you do the um, Jaguar? The Jaguar drive yeah. was super yep. fun. Yep. Absolutely. So that's really cool. How I know you all went last year, and you didn't get to do that. Um but I think that's something that really sucks you into making that experience more than just oh, being a, a viewer of, well, there's a car I'm never going to be able to afford, but I can appreciate it. Right. And yeah. when you're with your friends, I mean, that's super, that's a blast. It's like yeah. cars and coffee super fun. Yeah, absolutely. And those are a lot of cars you can afford. Right. But when you get to get in a car and take that thing for a little mini road drive or whatever. That's right. That's a really good time. And those guys will let you get on it, too. Yes. If yeah. you get it. Yeah. Usually yeah. they do. Now, yeah. which cars did you all drive? Well, it was different experiences. I hung yeah. out at the Haggerty Car Insurance uh, booth to drive some of their old stuff because I like the old stuff. And I did drive a Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you meet uh, Margie? Well, do you remember her? Yeah, we met. Yeah, yeah. So Margie was a race car driver back in her uh, um, younger days, I guess. And uh, and she was really very informative, very nice person to meet, very uh uh, uh, well-spoken, especially about it, the Jaguar brand, which he represents now. But um, um, so I drove the the F-Type Jaguar, and one of the cool things about that car is that you can change the exhaust note in that vehicle. So if you're mm-hmm. <laughs> you're driving down the street and you want to hit that note, opens the baffle. Yes, a bit. it does. That's really cool. But uh, the um, but I drove the Haggerty has a uh, sixty-four and a half. I believe Mustang. It's either sixty four and a half or sixty five. I know that, but it was uh, mine's an automatic, and they actually had a. I want to say theirs was actually a three speed or four speed manual. So um, I wanted to take a look at that car, but uh, I think you guys went off to the newer stuff. Is yeah, you I did like. the F Type too. Yeah. We all did that. I think that was really fun. It's yep. such a quick car. Yeah. Um, I drove a new Boxster. You kind of you sign up and you get what they give you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that yep. wasn't what I would have chosen, but it was. It's still a fantastic car. So you, okay, I don't remember the Boxster, but that's neat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not a convertible guy, and so, but it was still. I mean, basically, it's a Cayman with the with the drop top. Mm-hmm. So right, that's a good car. Um, and then somebody in our group drove the hybrid Panamera. I forget who that was, and they said that was awesome. And then we drove. Uh, the Alfa Romeo, I think we all drove the Stevios, okay. I think is what we were driving. Yeah. yeah. And none of those were the quadrifoglio version, so they weren't like the 500-horsepower Ferrari engines. They were the meager, quote-unquote, right. 320-whatever-horsepower yeah, Ferrari engines, exactly. or whatever they were. Yeah. But that was still super <laughs> that fun. That was fun. Now, did you get to meet any of the, um, uh, you know, I got to meet Alfonso Abesa, who was the uh, uh, 
he's the designer for Nissan. Yeah, he's the head guy. We yeah. met, we all met him that first okay. day. You did get to meet him. Yeah, we got yeah. a good story about that, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it after. Not on the air though. Yeah, no, I got you. No, he he was uh, he was really a very eclectic guy who uh, oh, was an artist through and through. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. He looked the part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's out. It's hot. It's not out there, and he's in a black yep. outfit with. Yep. Oh, it was a cashmere sweater, a black coat. With, he he looked just like Ascot. right off. Yeah, yeah. No. no, he was a stud. That yeah, guy, yeah. And he was so nice. He was just as sweet as could be to yeah. all of us, asking him questions. And yeah, that was that was a very neat conversation. Yeah. to have gotten to meet him for sure. Mm-hmm. So, matter of fact, he he probably likely designed your Infinity if I had to take a guess. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's so. the head honcho over all of Nissan yep. Infinity stuff. Yep. Now, Jason, is this the same uh, car show that somebody told you about? Something between a Bentley and a Rolls Royce. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, you weren't there for this one, but uh, so I go up to the Rolls Royce booth, uh, yeah. and they had some just absolute gorgeous cars, obviously. And I don't know a thing about the pricing of Rolls Royces. I have to admit. I mean, I go up there, and I'm thinking, okay, is this car about three fifty, four hundred thousand? So uh, one of the ladies that uh, works for Rolls-Royce um, um, was there, and I approached her, and I said, uh, do you mind me asking uh, what the price is on, on this vehicle? I'm, I'm thinking maybe three fifty, four hundred thousand, and without the <laughs> wink of an eye, her response was, oh, no, honey. This ain't a Bentley. Uh, yeah. What was the MSRP though? It was high. Six hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it's twice yeah. what you thought it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah. So the so inside Smidge the higher of a budget. Yeah. Right. So the the interior of this Rolls Royce houses an an umbrella. Yeah. Uh, in the door. Yeah. And um, I said, um, okay, just giggles here. What was a repair or what was a, a replacement, replacement for an umbrella $400 or something oh no no oh. it was $1100 <laughs> okay. for the umbrella yeah so but the carpet's wool um of i mean course. you're just it, it is a fantastic John won't drive a car that doesn't have wool carpet well, exactly right. yeah <laughs> I like the he, way he spec that out in his car <laughs> right <laughs> but uh, that that was just uh, a a um, you know the way she responded and how quick uh was just fantastic so yeah. um uh but uh it, yeah that was a that was a good road it's road. cool and you don't even you don't feel belittled no you don't you feel like she's just giving you an education she's proud of their product absolutely and you think it's awesome too yeah and you can appreciate it that's i right. think that's the beauty of cars in general is well that just fell off that's right um the thing about cars in general is i can um not be a super fan of like older cars but i can appreciate them mm-hmm Yep. And so you look at a lot of classic cars, and it's like, well, that's not my thing, but I can appreciate what it was at the time. Right. And I can appreciate, you know, what it was culturally what it did. Yep, yep. You know, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Bentleys aren't too shabby either. Oh, absolutely uh, not. We had a guest here a few uh, few weeks ago that brought his uh, Bentley, uh, and uh, we got to see the inside of that, and it was nothing short of uh, spectacular. Yeah, they're amazing, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I just, it's a fantastic car for sure. Um, yeah. So, so uh, what other vehicles, Andrew, down there at the concourse, rings a bell to you that uh, that would would stand out? Um, well, you mentioned Porsche earlier. I'm a big yeah. Porsche guy myself. Yeah. So just uh, yesterday, uh, I saw just a immaculate, beautiful uh, GT3. Yeah, uh, awesome. It, it was 
it looked like a race car. I mm-hmm. mean, it basically is a race car. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that was one of the first cars that I walked up to and uh, had a nice comment for the <laughs> yeah. for my wife and uh, Jason's wife. I had to explain to him what that car looked like, which was pure sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful car. I mean, yeah. So when we went uh, two years ago. The, the new GT2 had come out, and so they had it up with this massive flared spoiler. They had it up on a stand, and that's really the only one of the few Porsches I remember seeing that wasn't like an older, you know, whatever. And so that car was probably the coolest. Here's the thing with Porsche, and this is obviously just my opinion. Porsche feels like the supercar that if you work hard, you can attain one. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are super successful, of course, they can buy the Ferraris and whatever. I don't... I've never thought, well, you know, I'm going to make the kind of money I can go out and buy a Ferrari. But I've thought, if I work really hard someday, I can buy a Porsche. And I won't feel like, I'll feel like I can drive it all the time. You know, again, I'm practical that way. I want a car I can drive all the time. Yeah. And Porsches are meant to be driven. Well, Ferraris are meant to be driven. But people, I've, I know a guy in my old neighborhood that he's got a few of them and he drives his all the time, which I appreciate. That's- a lot of people, they don't. They just put them. Yeah. I couldn't have a car like that and not drive it. Drive it. Oh, absolutely. And we had yep. a gentleman on who, who rents exotic, exotic cars. He has a Ferrari. He's like, well, you want to watch how many miles you have on it because of the value. Now, if you're going to have that Ferrari and it's like, this is mine, I never intend for this thing to go away. I'd say, let's see how many miles we can put on it. Because I've got – if, if Ferrari is one of those cars, I think, that when you can buy the Ferrari, the gas and the maintenance – isn't going to be an issue. Kind of like you don't buy a boat if you can't afford the gas. John can talk to that. Right. When you get one mile to the gallon or two miles. Gas is expensive. Yeah. Exactly. On a boat. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, if I, and we didn't, you didn't ask me, but if I could throw this out there, sure. I, one of the best driving experiences I have, and you, John may have done this, was I was in Vegas for a, a conference and I did the, I did the um, track stuff at, I, at Exotic Car Racing. well. And I got to my favorite, I got to drive my dream car at the time, which was a Ferrari 458. Nice. And I got to drive an Audi R8, which is another car that I think you could attain to get, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if you don't want the latest, greatest one, the other ones, they don't appreciate in value. Ferraris generally do. And so that's something you could attain. But the R8 was the first one. And that was something that was really special because on the track, and you've experienced this then, they're telling you to punch it, go, 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 yeah. break, 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 go, go. And it, I tell you, it was the most fun I've ever had driving a car. And my wife's, you know, she's watching me. She sees a video of all this stuff. And she's when it's all done, she goes, did you have fun? You didn't look like you were having fun because you're focusing. <laughs> it's intense. It's so intense. And you're sweating. And you're only doing five laps. And it goes by, like, super quick. And I was just like, that was the most fun I've ever had driving a car. Yeah, fun. Oh, it's so. So do you recall how fast you went? I, well, there's the, where we were at the track we were at. I think um, if you really got on it, by the time before you hit the turn, you were within a short span, maybe doing 120, 130. Okay. And then yep. you had to slam on the brakes. There was no long, mm-hmm. let's get this up to 180 or something like that. That would have been cool. This is, these are smaller tracks, I guess. Okay. It's like a small road, you know, like a typical road GT race okay. track. They do have one. Did you do the one at the raceway or the, did you do the one? That's out uh, the freeway off the 95. Mine was about 30 or so minutes away from downtown on the Strip. So we were... Hmm. But were you at uh, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway? Or was it its own? No, it's its own. So you were at... I think I was at its own thing. Yeah, so you were, I think it... I forget the name since I live there. But they're very similar. The one out at... uh, The the one I did was at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And... uh, 
they had, it's the exact same setup. Yeah. But the track, they had a, a probably maybe half a mile straight away. Yeah. And then you got to you got to the get f- on the brakes and get into the turn. Yeah, it was on the far left part as you come out. It's that first first turn, I guess, was the longest piece that I can remember, but um but it's cool because you see all the dream cars are there. Oh yeah. I got this I got to sit in every Lamborghini I've seen and, and all that kind of stuff. I drove the I drove a GT3. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it was the paddle shifters that I my hands are huge, but you know, everything's small in that car. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh my first uh thing to try to downshift i hit the windshield wipers <laughs> <laughs> if so i, I thought cool. it was really cool because i yeah, I bought the video to do everything right you know it's an experience and i was like man i look like a dork <laughs> here yeah. i am trying to get on it and then i'm trying to downshift into the turn and i hit the windshield wiper well, they got you in with this though because if you had the cash all day long oh yeah i'd much rather spend money on that than spending money at the at the card table oh, well absolutely. my wife bought me uh the five laps uh for my birthday mm-hmm. or a christmas present and uh it was a beautiful October day when I went. I oh, mean, perfect. Picture perfect. and Especially in Vegas. She knew I was, you know, I was all grins. I was so excited oh. and so fun. And, you know, she likes cars too. And she likes to go fast. So uh, after I was all said and done, and uh, we bought two laps in a drift car and had, uh, I let her sit up front and I sat in the back. And Did you get nauseous? I didn't. Oh. No. I mean, I was, it was a blast. Yeah. But, you know, professional drift racer. And we were in a um, the uh, Charger Challenger. Or challenge, challenger, yeah. oh. uh, Hellcat. Yep. Wow, oh, seven hundred yeah. or whatever oh, horsepower in that seven oh seven or whatever. He just spun the wheels right out from the stop yeah. and drifted to the course, and yeah. then just took off and minus the speedway or the straightaway, we drifted around every turn into every turn all the way around the it's track. It's so cool. You all have Twice. a video of that, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. you all need to put that on. There. I yeah, I'll yeah. find my you video. You can just hear the wife laughing and giggling. Yeah, yeah. And she's having the time of her <laughs> yeah. life. And I was having a blast too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. you know, it's a, that car is sick. Yeah, they, the guy that did it when I was there was in a Corvette, and I was like, I will either love it or I'll be so sick I won't be able to enjoy it. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not going to do it. The cor the Corvettes they were servicing that day. So oh. I actually signed up because I love Corvettes, too. Yep. And uh, I was going to drive the Corvette, and I got there, and they said, we're servicing the Corvettes today. What other car would you like? And, you know, Porsche's my really my all-time mm-hmm. favorite car. So, I, you know, it wasn't really a bummer. Yeah. But I got into that, and they actually gave me an extra lap. Oh, awesome. Just because they were servicing That's the, awesome. the, the Corvette. So aside from the experience, they're super nice people. You yeah, know, they want you to come back, and you know they want you to have fun. Yeah, I feel like you get your money's worth. Oh, I mean, I know it's a, it's a it's a luxury for sure, but the fact that they are so just go go go, yeah. slam on the brakes. I mean, there is you feel like you're abusing the car, but that's what these are designed to do. Right. Yep. And I guess just to wrap it up, Andrew. Tell me a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how what got you into loving cars. I mean, I can remember back in the day. Uh, because since all of us know each other, Andrew and I are cousins, I remember riding in the backseat of your dad's Audi, mm. and it was the first time I saw intermittent windshield wipers. Hmm. And I thought, what is he? How is it going every five, every like certain amount of seconds, the windshield wipers are doing it. Well, watch his hand, because, I mean, who keeps that kind of meticulous timing? He's not touching anything. What's doing that? Yeah. Man, this is the 70s, and I'm a dumb kid who's been around a Ford Pinto most of my life. Mm. So what is it that got got you into cars and just loving cars like like we all do? Man, that's a great question. Uh, my dad's not a big car guy. You know, I grew up in a home where I was the only guy in the you know I'm the middle of three boys, and so my brothers and 
my dad, I was the only kid that was like enjoyed the car thing. For them, it's still to this day an appliance for them. They like they want a reliable appliance, mm-hmm. but they really it's it's you know they it's all about point A to point B, lowest repairs, most dependable. And I don't know what it is. I've I've loved them since I was little. I remember in high school, for different art projects, I would draw cars. I remember being a big Audi fan. Um, I don't know if it was because my dad, that was one of his cars that he had. We had a friend that had one that turned dad on to it. I don't know if that was it. My uncle had an old Porsche 914, which is arguably one of the worst Porsches. But <laughs> it's still a classic Porsche. Right. Even though I think Volkswagen made that thing almost entirely. But... Um, I don't know, and I was always like a 911 guy at a really young age too, because again, I go, it goes back to that's something that's attainable, even though, you know, the oh God, at least gonna make me, I am old, but it's gonna, it's this, it's like I was the kid that had the Lamborghini posters and Ferrari posters, and I had the, the um, the Porsche stuff and the Maxwell tape poster with the guy's hair mm-hmm. blown back. I had all that kind of stuff, and so I was always in like when when Magnum PI was on. I'd, every time the red Ferrari was in the picture, I was like, oh. Cars <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's absolutely. I've been that way since I was a really little kid. Matchbox cars, maybe mm-hmm. part of it, the old plastic strips that you'd put together, and it wasn't electric, or they had the electric, but you kind of pushed the car, and it kind of. But yeah, that's a good question. I don't know where it came from, but there's somebody. I didn't have grandparents growing up, so somebody, well, grandfathers. Mm-hmm. There's some. It's in my blood. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. My and, dad always liked horsepower and boats. Yeah. Cars yep. and everything else, so that's definitely where uh, I get my uh, passion from. Absolutely, I like the horsepower. Um, also, I think our rooms are probably identical. Yeah, I know. And with your uh, what what girls were the Paulina Portskova poster or whatever, whatever the you know Farrah Fawcett, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Kathy Ireland, Charlie El, El yeah. McPherson for me. There you go. I'm older, but yeah, there you go. Not so, much. So now, uh, as far as all the cars that you've had, you love your BMW right now. What's mm-hmm. your other favorite car that you had? It could be a junker for all you know. But I was like, man, that car was so fun. What my prelude was my prelude was super fun. The, the four wheel steering one was the, it was the most fun to drive. But I was on you know very fixed, just fresh out of college, first job. It at the time it had 130 thousand miles on it, so I was nervous about reliability. Just gotten married. And so I thought, I'm going to sell this car. I had it for six months. I let anybody that wanted to drive it, I was just like, here, drive this thing. It's amazing. Because I'm still that way. It's like why I brought good bourbon. It's like, I think good bourbon should be shared. So let's drink some. It's going to be good. Um, I felt like that with that car was so fun. I, you know, Even with my current BMW, if you want to go drive it, I'm, I'm happy to let people drive it. That car was super fun. But then there's a part of me that clicked that was like, I want to get the cheapest, most reliable car because I don't want to worry about the money. So I bought a 1978 Honda Accord. Now, this is in, like, 1998. Mm-hmm. And it, my only condition was it had to have air conditioning because I have really bad al- allergies. And I had that thing. And it, that thing was, it, you know, it wouldn't always shift great until it was fully warmed up. I went to unlock the window for my wife, Angie, to get or unlock the door to, so she could get in. The plastic thing just broke off one time. <laughs> but, you know, again, I was really fortunate. I had that for six months. The first time I used the air conditioner in the summer, the compressor broke. I sold it for $100 less than I paid for it. That Prelude, my previous car, I bought it, and I sold it for two grand more than I paid for it. There you go. All I did was put an Alpine stereo in it, which... Again, back then, <laughs> but I, I think the Prelude was probably even though the the Accord was the most like carefree, didn't care what happened. I knew it would get me to work. The Prelude was just so much fun, and I wanted one of those when I was in high school. That was the cat's meow mm-hmm. for 
you know, from the Honda. The NSX is, you know, that was the next level up to that. But okay. I think for me, that's mine. What about you guys? You're asking me a lot of questions. I feel like I need to know what your favorite cars were. Oh, well, I mean, most fun would be a, a, a probably a tie for two different reasons. One would be the uh, 94 Jeep Wrangler because that thing never gets stuck in anything. And it was a good utility car. It could pull people out that were stuck. It was just fun. You could do anything in it. Uh, and it had air conditioning. So that was great. Heater that went on for days. It was the most comfortable fucking that ever. That year, Chrysler had taken over Jeep at that point? Uh, I think yeah, it wasn't AMC so. anymore. No, it was, it was Chrysler. Yeah, yeah that's, when, that's when Jeep, the credibility. of that Chrysler uh, took over AMC. Yeah. And that's when the reliability of Jeeps went through the roof mm-hmm. way up. That's it right. went really good. It had yeah. a str- inline six, mm-hmm. so it had the bulletproof engine. And why they don't go back to an inline six, who knows? <laughs> Yep. But that engine was amazing. Well, yep. you know, it's it's one of those things that you do have planned obsolescence in cars, mm-hmm. where they do intend for those. You you buy one car, well, we want you to buy another one. So let's put a little bit of wear down into this. Right. Those mm-hmm. these those inline sixes were so strong. You need to get you back in the showroom a little more quick, a yep. little quicker. Uh, and then the other one. More quickly. More quickly. Thank you. <laughs> Since I'm, you self-corrected, I thought I would do know, you one more. Thank you. Well, you know, and I can tell you the the uh, the bourbon is delicious. Well, good. At, at this point. Well, our Buffalo Trace people. <laughs> well, delicious. And uh, the CRX. Oh, those are great cars. The little CRX SI. Those are awesome. Air conditioning was pulled out of it for SECA racing. Uh, so it had, the air conditioning was the uh, driver, passenger windows, and the sunroof. Mm-hmm. Lightweight car. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are awesome. I remember those. What about oh, you, John? I guess my favorite car would be my uncle's 82 Corvette. Hmm. I look forward to uh, going to visit him. He was a retired fighter pilot. It retired in uh, Destin, Florida. And uh, he loved his Corvettes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he loved to have fun. So growing up, uh, he had several of them. But there was one of them in particular, this 82 Vet. It was uh, silver and cranberry, and uh, first time he let me drive it, I was 14 years old. Uh, my dad was not happy, but uh, every year we go down there for spring break, we go down there for summer, and he would just hand me the keys mm. and, uh, you know, have fun. And anytime I needed gas, he would give me his money, go to the gas there station, and he just That wanted, is rare. Yeah, yeah. That's wanted, a cool grandfather right I, there. I probably put three, 400 miles on that car. Yeah, nice. Uh, I, I just drove it up from Fort Walton Beach to Sandustin, back and mm-hmm. forth, stereo blasting, girlfriend in the car, you know, just having fun. It's uh, T-tops on that car. And that's, oh, and that's before the, the body change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. And, yeah, and it's, you know, the big front end. I, that's my favorite style vet mm-hmm. is that, that 82. 82. Right? Do you like the new ones? I do. The new ones are phenomenal. I mean, um, there's, you know, there's no comparison, really. Right. But, uh, yes, the, the new ones are uh, definitely a new standard for Corvette. Yeah, yeah they're absolutely. awesome. I've seen a, f- a friend of mine has one of the new ones, and it, I was just like, this thing is a monster. Oh, and yeah. he's, got a, he's got a brand new, before he bought that, he bought a uh, Z06 or Z01. Which one's the faster of the two? The one that's got 700 and something horsepower. Last year's model before the new ones came out. Is the Z06? I believe it's the Z06. Yeah, he's got one of those. Could be wrong, but I think it's, that's correct. Wow. So he's got deep pockets, but then yeah. he got the, he ordered the new one. I was just, I, it's beautiful. Yeah, we saw yeah. one yesterday. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you. <laughs> I want to get to Jason. I, wanna, I was going to tell you that um, I saw a Porsche take hand today, take on the electric, the hybrid Porsche. Okay. 
Those are super rare. They just came out, and yeah. I saw one of those in Prospect today. And, you know, it was, you know, an elderly couple driving it, which is kind of surprising because I didn't think that that's the demographic. But well, they got the funds. But I'm just – Maybe that's you when, you, you when you're an elderly. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> but I was telling my girls, well, you know, that's a big deal for Porsche to come out with this. And, you know, they're kind of ambivalent about it. But yeah. it's hmm. – I thought that was pretty cool. That is neat. So, Jace, you got about 15 cars out in your garage. <laughs> Are are any of those your favorite, or was well, your favorite before that? That's that's the golden question. It's like, which one's my favorite kid? You know, they're all they're all unique well, that's in their easy. own way, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, we did a podcast not too long ago, and and uh, I think if there were a car I'd like to have that I that would be fun to own would be a '69 Charger RT, just like no. what the old Duke boys had, and it's just you mm-hmm. know going back to the to the youth and the fun watching the show and. And uh, what the car could do and what it obviously couldn't, but um, so a '69 RT I think would be would be on uh, fun on the bucket list. So, but that, that you've had, what's one that you that you had that you went, man, this has been the most fun. Well, I, I think the most fun car is the Jeep Grand Wagon. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah I could have bet money that's, on that. That's Me too. One, it, 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 ironically, uh, it, it's it's the vehicle that. People might not know my name, but they come up and say, "Do you have a Jeep Grand Wagon here?" <laughs> right. So, so it's it's evident that the wood panels uh, turn heads, which is kind of interesting. Does it have wool carpet? Uh, it does not have wool carpet. It has shag, though. That's right. It's got <laughs> so, close to wool. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but the Wagoneer certainly, uh, and it's really uh, it's an uh, icon of a car. It is. Yeah. It's kind of uh, uh, you know it was it's it is the longest produced model uh it came out november 14th of 63 and lasted till 1991 mm-hmm. it with very minimal changes as a matter of fact if you took the front grill off the car you could put the old school grill on it that's hmm. just how i mean they, they just didn't change are they coming out with a new one this year they are coming out with the new that's grand wagoner um and uh, you know it's it, you know <clears throat> it it it's a glorified jeep grand cherokee in oh. many ways um, you know, I would have put a little bit of a schnout on it to kind of distinguish it and maybe um, angled the back end just a tad bit mm-hmm. more. That's, that's me. And maybe even you wouldn't have to put wood panels on the full door, but maybe a four-inch strip of wood paneling Dude, could, on the – Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, in that's this generation, it's not going to be wood paneling. It's going to be uh, – Carbon uh, fiber. Carbon fiber. Yeah. Carbon, <laughs> carbon fiber stripes. Well, yeah, we could go on. and I'm, I mean, I'd love to talk about that stuff at some point. Well, first, your people need to know, Jason, really, they need to – if they could see your basement – <laughs> he's got model cars of all shapes and sizes yep. covering his entire basement so the love that you have for new and old cars is is very admirable oh it's it's fun um, you know it, but uh, i knew you were going to say the wagner because that's yeah yeah that's i that's, know you well enough to know that right yeah and there's your general lee right there and there's so the general yep kind of uh showcased by itself there in front of the fines but i uh, know this has been a work in progress for the past 20 years well right and uh yeah I've, I've told everybody i'm the easiest guy in the world to shop for i mean if they even <laughs> if they even find a bumper on the side of the road hey hey I can here's get an, that yeah. jason <laughs> so, that's right and i've got one actually hanging up over there but uh yeah thank you it's, yeah. it's been it's 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 a fun environment for sure well this yeah certainly for a podcast Absolutely. I, th- I think you know your point about the wagoneer and, and you eric and john can probably talk to this is that when you come out with an icon of a car like a wagoneer and try to reinvent it for the modern age you don't know what the reaction is going to be right. they're doing that with the land rover defender which you know, I'm not a big Land Rover fan, but the Defender's an amazing. It was an amazing car. Yeah, they yeah. did that. They did that with the Volkswagen Beetle mm-hmm. years yeah, ago. I've right. never liked Beetles. I don't like the new Beetle or the old Beetle now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's hard to, for them to come out with a modern interpretation, and then hope that they're going to keep right. 
Yep. You know, you got, and plus you got the designer people. They're like, I could design it for you. Then you mm-hmm. got the bean counter people saying, we won't make any money. And then you got management saying whatever they're saying. Right. And then you got COVID that kind of f's the whole thing uh, yeah. up. <laughs> well, and it comes down to the feel. Can you recreate that feel that right. you had from that car? Right. And you either new... can, or you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the Ford Bronco, the, the the. Oh yeah, that's new too. That's the. That's probably the car that I'm most excited about as being resurrected, just based on its uh, characteristics. That it's a lot like a Jeep. A, it's kind of a, it looks like a well to me. It looks a lot like a combination of a Jeep and a Land Rover, kind of mm-hmm. mixed together. Yeah, kind of mixed together, yeah. but still cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I heard they're working on a Raptor version of it. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's an that should be a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. The cool. Raptor stuff is just. Yeah. Awesome. That's like the TJ, the Toyota TJ, or whatever, Cruiser. Yeah, TJ Cruiser. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting car. That, uh, FJ. 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 That, FJ. Was, that was going up against the, the Land Rovers of the time, but the Japanese kind of, we can do something that's kind of like the same thing. Right. But yep. a lot more reliable. Oh, there's my voice. Sorry, yep. I'm just not picking this up. You really <laughs> no, do. You're, you're great. You really yeah, do have to talk good. close. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. It's on my radio voice. There go you NPR go. on us. That's yeah. right. I could go. Yeah, I could. I could do FPK. I could do. Like, you're listening to WFPK radio. <laughs> right. G.D. Herring. This is Jason Painter's podcast. That's right. Exactly. Well, I, and honestly, I want to thank you for your time. This is super fun. Uh, I could talk car stuff for hours. So I really could. We're, we're probably going to do one. And not about my car, BMW specifically, right. but I can talk about a variety of cars because I really like to read up on it. And I did read Jason. I did read your book. Oh, thank you. I, yep. I even made little comments in the, in the section. And well, good. And yep. Angie will attest. Yep, no. Yeah, Angie awesome. read your book. Well, we certainly appreciate the support yes. of that. That's yep. awesome. We're looking forward to the sequel. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, everybody go out and buy it right now. <laughs> it's available on Amazon. That's Drop right. throttle oversteer. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Buy it. Indeed. Please do it. And we do give a portion to the kids' uh, pediatric therapy. So just let you know there's uh, some benefit there, too. So. Um, thanks for joining us here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, like us on Facebook, subscribe so you can uh, know that we're notified for new shows, and please review us on uh, Facebook. Uh, your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. And again, our web address is gdherring.com for your insurance or appraisal needs. Uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast. <laughs>